This is Conquering Columbus. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Conquering Columbus podcast. I'm your co-host, Mike. Really excited for today's episode. We've got Naveen Bonswell joining us from Outreach Promotional Solutions, as well as Small Biz Cares. Naveen's a great guy. He's all over the place in Columbus, if you haven't met him yet. Today on the show, we talk about quite a few different things from Naveen's story. So we talk about his career before becoming an entrepreneur and, and what made him decide to take the leap. I had to make a decision right for my long-term career. I looked at it and said, you know, while my last role was a director of finance, I didn't see the impact I was making. I mean, if my role had gone the next day, I don't think anybody would have blinked. As well as the founding of Outreach Promotional Solutions and how it came to be. One of the things I enjoy about marketing is that it's creative. It's, you know, necessary. Every business needs marketing. It changes all the time. And it just, it's just an interesting industry. But also, I wanted to be able to leverage our family history and print. You know, I kind of married the two, you know, that history and print, expanded them products, expanded into other marketing services. But I looked at it being a fun industry and something I could leverage that family background in. We also take a look at how Outreach Promotional Solutions has changed over time and their recent shift towards brand stores. What we're seeing with, with our brand stores is that folks like the technology, the customization for their brand, the product selection, the software is really user-friendly, and we're able to get these clients that are more sticky. So for us, it's all about solutions, about offering something that we feel is different than everybody else that really provides a great service. And then we wrap up with Naveen's desire to make giving easier and how that led to Small Biz Cares. It was all about the idea of making philanthropy for small business easier and making it more collaborative. We want to do more good, but we don't have time for it. You know, we want don't have the time we want to, to volunteer consistently, to give back. You know, wouldn't it be great if more businesses would get involved in philanthropy? And that's how we started. There's a whole bunch in this episode. I'm confident you'll enjoy it. Let's dive into the episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Conquering Columbus podcast. I am your co-host, Mike, and we got Josh here in the booth today. No, Tim. Josh, what's going on? How much, man? Got back from a couple of days of travel, which was uh, miserable. I don't know where like this idea of people enjoying traveling for work ever came into play, but I hate it. It's like <laughs> anything that I do where I get in, in a vehicle or an airplane that moves, I get sick. And for the past three days, I've been doing nothing but getting in vehicles and airplanes. So Right. You don't do well with the motion sickness. Yeah. yeah. Do you get it on boats? Uh, Never go on a boat. Okay. I see no reason. What? <laughs> what are you worried about? The water? I'm not worried. I just see no reason. I no like, reason for a boat. Yeah, everything that I need is. So someday when you sell a company for a billion dollars, you're not going to buy yourself a big old yacht. Well, yeah, but that's it's going to be so big it doesn't move. Right. It doesn't. You don't even know you're on the water. Yeah, I just there you feel go. like you're right on land again. That's the, that's the <laughs> that, purpose of it. That seems good. Well, that's enough talk about boats and water and vehicles. Let's uh, introduce our guest on the show today. Our guest on the show today is Naveen Bunsel, and Naveen is the founder and CEO of Outreach Promotional Solutions, as well as the founder, chairman, and executive director of Small Biz Cares. Outreach Promotional Solutions is part print, promotional apparel, and logo apparel, as well as part graphic design and web design shop. And Naveen took a community-driven approach to Outreach Promotional Solutions, building community partnerships, supporting local nonprofits, and building solutions that help companies promote their brand. Small Biz Cares mission is to connect, mobilize, and inspire small businesses to create lasting positive impact in our community. We're excited to talk with Naveen about his community focus, everything outreach and small biz cares has going on, and a whole lot more. Welcome to Conquering Columbus, Naveen. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. Yeah, really exciting to have you here. And I feel like we, have we, have we gone around and tried to schedule this before? I feel like we should have scheduled this like a while ago. Well, you're throwing me under the bus now. We've tried to schedule this multiple times and I've mostly dropped the ball on our end through... <laughs> 
uh, random, like I talked about earlier, not liking traveling, having to travel and then having to uh, reschedule on us. So. That's good. I'm glad I threw Josh under the bus. But uh, Naveen, one of the first places like we like to start is just get a little background on yourself. Uh, you know, starting, have you always lived in Columbus? Yeah, I lived in Columbus for about, uh, what is it, 2005. Mm-hmm. So about 15 years. Came here for grad school at Ohio State. But I grew up in Ohio, so I'm an Ohio, Ohio born and raised, born in Akron, Ohio. So uh, huge Buckeye fan, huge Browns fan. So you grew up in Akron, and then where'd you go for undergrad before you came here? I went to Kent State undergrad. Kent State, and then did you go back to Akron after that? So I worked uh, in Cleveland for about four years. Uh, so I I lived in Northeast Ohio, worked as a CPA, and then um, decided that, you know what, I, I want to do more. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I went, came down to Fisher in my uh, MBA at Ohio State. So undergrads in accounting. Yep, accounting and computer information systems. That's a good combo. Yeah. Our sponsor is Waveform Music Group. Andy and Carlin have been working with us to take the production of Conquering Columbus to the next level, and Josh and I cannot be happier with the results. Outside of podcast production, Andy and Carlin are experts in songwriting, music production, and sonic branding for companies of all sizes. And to learn more about them, head to their website, createwaveforms.com. That is createwaveforms.com, and tell them Conquering Columbus sent you. So while you were there, when you were working in Akron, working as a CPA, what you learned while you were there? What was kind of your experience like? Where did you work? Yeah, so I worked at a, a regional accounting firm, uh, CMP Advisors, and I did tax and audit work. So you can imagine some of the things you might learn in accounting, right, in tax. Attention to detail, huge thing. You know, I remember having uh, tax partners that would check my work to the penny, mm-hmm. which would obviously frustrate me, but taught me about attention to detail, working with clients hand in hand because you're obviously working with folks with high net worth, with businesses, and just working on a team, you know, professional team. And so those are some of the things that I learned there. I got my CPA, so obviously a really good base in accounting, which in my mind, when you run a business, you know, having a base in accounting is huge. And so that's definitely uh, been a huge benefit for me. Absolutely. Accounting's kind of the the language of business, so to speak, right? I mean, it's funny how often we've talked to people and then one one of the first challenges they have when starting their business is like, yeah. And then we learned about cash flow, <laughs> and, yep. right? And realizing, hey, you know, we make this product, but it's delayed and we're not going to get the cash up front and, you know, the whole big thing. So understanding accounting can be a huge benefit. So throughout that process, right, you're doing all these things, but you said you realized you wanted to do something more. What kind of triggered that? Well, I said accounting is a great base. Um, I, I really thought that my mind, you know, was more creative, more strategic. At that time, pursuing my MBA had always been in, the, in my mindset. So, you know, four years in, you know, that, that that was enough time for me to kind of get some good experience, get some knowledge, and really try my hand at um, something a little bit more broader in, in terms of general business. And so that's really what, what triggered it was just, you know, wanted to take what I learned and, and do more. And then so you come to Fisher College of Business. What was that experience like? Probably two of my favorite years, to be honest with you. Um, went full time, really got to, you know, build great relationships, did really well. So that's always a good thing at Fisher. But um, the classes, the professors, you know, learning strategy, corporate finance, uh, marketing, working on student organization leadership, intern, you know, internships, you know, all those different experiences you get in grad school, leadership development was a really big focus. And so, you know, really great experience at Fisher. I still have great friendships from there. I was on the alumni board for Fisher for about seven years, so very well connected with the Fisher community. And so um, I would say very rewarding for me personally. What did you specialize in? I think you, there's specializations, right? Yeah, I did corporate finance and strategy. Okay. Yep. So you get done at Fisher and then with corporate finance and strategy background, maybe it's uh, jumping to consulting or doing something like that and you decide to go down what path? So I, I took a role at Nationwide Insurance in their financial leadership program. 
And so what's good about that program is, you know, it does actually marry the finance and strategy components because I went through three rotations at Nationwide, worked in corporate strategy, worked in a couple of finance rotations, got a lot of interactions with senior leadership. So got a chance to interact with the CEO, CMO, CFO, you know, I and mean, obviously a lot of bright, bright folks within that program. And so went through those rotations and then landed in corporate strategy for about a year and a half. And, you know, and again, I think a lot of that stems from, you know, going to graduate school, working in the program, getting that exposure and strategy was, was a great experience for me at, at Nationwide. And then my last role there was a director of finance uh, supporting IT. So, you know, I was in charge of financials for the chief technology office about a year and a half there. I'm surprised you don't say it finance. You know, a lot of my uh, financial friends love to uh, use that term finance. I'm not as cultured, I guess. I don't know. Right. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, all the financial people out there are going to be commenting <laughs> and upset with me for making fun of them for that. But um, what does corporate strategy look like inside of a company as big and uh, just as, as ever reaching as nationwide? It's interesting because I would say there's probably three main projects or initiatives that we'd, we'd focus on there. The first is going to be new opportunities, so new new development. So one of the major projects I worked on was whether Nationwide would start a health savings account um, product with Nationwide. So we worked with vendors who worked on determining the profitability of that solution, all the different things. So new business opportunities is one. The second is going to be problem solving. Every company, Nationwide's a huge company, right? Different business units, different challenges. And so one project I worked on was commercial insurance and how Commercial insurance was a great business, but it was not profitable. And so our strategy group had to determine how we could make it more profitable, analyzing competition, determining the different reasons why, you know, how it should be under, underwritten and all that. The third is portfolio analysis. And that is really, you know, looking at all the business units and identifying the most attractive, the least attractive. That's an annual planning process, determining how resources should be allocated, all that. And so while we, you know, it's different, it's, it is challenging though, because we're not in the business unit, so we're we're like that consulting company, but internal. So we can do all of our work, but if we recommend a business unit to do something, they make the decision. So there can be some conflict there, you know, because you're you're doing all this work, but you're still considered an outside person or team to the business unit. And so there's definitely uh, some some interesting conversations that happen there. We're going to take a quick break here to thank one of our sponsors, the Burlett Family Foundation. The Burlett Family Foundation is committed to serving as a trusted partner and resource to organizations striving to improve our community here in Columbus. All right, let's get back to the episode. So you wrap up your time with Nationwide, and why did you decide to eventually move on? I mean, there's obviously great promotional paths, I would assume, inside of the organization. Definitely, I was on the right path for advancement, but what I looked at you know, I, I had to make a decision, right, for my long-term career. And I, I looked at it and said, you know, while my last role was a director of finance, I didn't see the impact I was making. That was ultimately really the trigger for me. So great company, by the way. Nationwide's awesome. But you look at the specific roles. I mean, if my role had gone the next day, I don't think anybody would have blinked, you know. So I didn't feel energized by that kind of role. And so I, I, I actually grew up around business. Uh, my parents started a business when I was eight years old. And so I kind of knew how that goes, how, you know, that path. And I told myself, I said, I don't know if this is something I want to do long term. Let me try my hand at running my own business. And so, um, you know, that that need to make an impact, the energy, a lot of that that I was missing is kind of what uh, drove me to that. What business did your parents start? So they started a printing company, which leads to some of what we do today. So 
back in the late 80s, printing was a hot mm -hmm. industry, you know, a little bit more challenging right now. Yeah. Printing company and, and actually it's still in existence today. Uh, our print company works with a lot of uh, actually healthcare hospitals systems. And so that's what I grew up around. Cool. And so you're getting into some of that today. We'll, we'll get to outreach uh, promotional solutions eventually, everybody, we promise. <laughs> uh, so what business did you start from leaving Nationwide? Because outreach promotional solutions is a more recent venture. No, actually, Outreach is what I started. Oh. Yes. I'm confused. <laughs> no, that's okay. Yeah, so Outreach, I started uh, right out uh, of Nationwide. I took about six months to kind of identify mm -hmm. the business, and then I started Outreach. What do those six months look like? Because they got to be a little bit nerve-wracking, right? I mean, not necessarily income coming in. It's kind of like, mm. uh, it's almost like a six-month vacation. You don't. You probably don't want to wake up every day and feel lazy, like feel like you're actually making something out of that time. So funny story with that. I actually used my CPA background in the six months. So I actually, our print shop was going through an audit and some other challenges with a former CPA that didn't do their job. So I actually spent some time kind of fixing some issues at our print shop. And then at the same time, I actually saved our print shop $50,000 within two months and then took some time to evaluate the type of business I wanted to build, the brand, you know, the approach and all that. And so I actually kind of stayed stayed working a little bit, but really more kind of using using that problem solving accounting background to support our print shop while I figured out kind of what, what I wanted to do. And what clicked for you and allowed you to realize that this is the business that you should start? So um, you know, I, I kind of looked at it a couple of ways. One is marketing in general. So one of the things I enjoy about marketing is that it's creative, it's very, you know, necessary. Every business needs marketing. It changes all the time, you know, in terms of what methods, what products, services are needed in marketing. And it's just, it's just an interesting industry. So, but also I wanted to be able to leverage our print, our family history in print. And so, you know, I kind of married the two, uh, looked at, you know, that history in print, um, expanded them products, expanded them to other marketing services. But I looked at it being a fun industry and something I could leverage that family background in. And uh, I actually, so I had the dates backwards. I had Small Biz Cares is 2012 in my head and <laughs> Outreach Promotional is 2018. So my fault, mixed up the no dates. Worries. But uh, as you kind of got into the different types of marketing, right? Like there's so many different aspects to marketing, right? Especially today, digital marketing, all these different things. Because you hadn't really done any of this prior to starting the business, right? Other than you have these print experience. So yeah. what did you have to learn? What did you have to pick up? Did you go about bringing people in who knew this? Did you go about learning it yourself? Like, how did you go about that? I think a lot of it was self-learning, but I mean, I got a little bit of marketing and strategy. Mm -hmm. And so when you work in corporate strategy, a lot of what we identify, a lot of what we talk about is messaging and, and how we craft the message. But um, you're, I mean, you're right. I mean, beyond grad school classes and a little bit of experience there, I didn't have that training. So self-learning, I also think it's natural for me a little bit. I think um, for me, it came a little easier to kind of pick up that marketing side and, and the messaging part. You know, like I said, when, it, when something's fun, when you like it, I think it's easier to pick it up. And that's how I look at it. What did the zero one look like? Like, how did you land your first customers and how did you begin to put together the business itself? Great question. So year one was a little bit of a mess up and down, you know, as, as a lot of things are. And so um, worked out of my house, you know, tried to figure out the industry. So we, we immediately went into promotional products as our kind of starting phase. So learning the industry, you know, it's a different, whole different beast. And so I had to learn the industry. I had to go to like different expos and trade shows and you know, all the different things like a lot of us do to kind of get new clients. And really it's, you know, learning how to sell. And that's such a, a skill that I think everybody needs in business, right? Is learning how to sell. So I had to learn how to sell. I had never done sales, never done mm -hmm. any of that. So a lot of it was just experiencing things. You know, we messed up a few times, you know, we definitely didn't do everything perfectly, but 
it was a lot of learning going out to different events and then also reaching out to friends that I knew had businesses and say, Hey, you know, I just started a business, you know, can I help you out? Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's that low hanging fruit that all of us reach out to. It's the friends that we know, it's the people that we know that that trust you, that want to give you a chance. That's usually like the first year or two, right? right. It's low hanging fruit. Right. And I think just as important, zero to one is one to two, yep. right? That first employee or that first like growth. So when did you get to the point where you're like, hey, I can't handle all this myself anymore. And how did you go about finding your first team members? Yeah. So towards the end of that first year is when I had my first employee. Got a little lucky because it was actually a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. who was working in the restaurant industry, who wasn't happy. And um, he wanted to, to try his hand on and kind of be my first employee, right? And so, you know, he handled a lot of like the back office stuff, order management, all the stuff that I knew I wanted to get off my plate so I could focus on selling and I could focus on different account stuff. I got lucky with my first employee that I didn't have to like go through a big process. I kind of just brought him on and, yeah. you know, it worked out. He was with me for the first, I think, four years of the business. Mm-hmm. So that worked out pretty well. And what are some of the projects that you're doing in the beginning? Like, did the position of the company evolve to where it is today from where you first started or have you stayed consistent? Uh, no, we're very different today than we were when we started. I mean, you know, the first year in the, in the promotional product industry, I mean, this industry is weird because you've got three different types of companies. you got the massive promotional product companies that are national, international, that have like very large online presence. The second is like these small, you know, one person shops where they're just selling a few things here and there to people. And it's like some money in there. Then you got the middle, which I think is where we kind of reside, which is we're not this massive international, you know, company, but we're big enough where we've got some large clients, contracts, um, different solutions and all that. So in the beginning, I say we operated more like that mom and pop type. We're just getting whatever we can. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you are. Like they're coming to you. If they, if they're willing to buy from you, just uh, I want it. You know, I don't care how painful it is or how hard it is. You know, I, I just want all the business I can. Now we're at a point where we have more developed solutions. We have a different way we approach everything, and we have better processes, larger team. You know, the whole the whole gambit. And so you're able to kind of really focus your your efforts on certain types of clients that really fit well for you. We actually have some better technologies in place. I mean, the whole thing, right? right? So it's a very different look now. And we were kind of talking earlier a little bit about this, but right now you guys are kind of shifting out of the digital marketing space and focusing on your brand stores concept, which if you could just tell us a little bit about brand stores concept, what that is, the platform, and why you're shifting away from digital marketing. Yeah, so I'll take that second question on the digital first. So we started dabbling into digital maybe about three and a half, four years ago. The reason we did that was twofold. One is we saw where the market was going, the demand for digital increasing. Second is we had some skill sets internally that we thought we could offer that solution. And, and third, we saw small businesses, especially challenged with, you know, email marketing, social media management, all that. And so, you know, we we thought it'd be a great solution for us to offer. And we offered it for several years where we, you know, do monthly management for folks around digital. When COVID hit, we saw a little bit of a challenge in that area. So we had been going okay. We were going to invest more into growing that. But when COVID hit, we saw a few of our clients kind of say, I can't afford this anymore. We had some staffing issues, all that kind of stuff. And I just said, you know what? I'm seeing this other end brand stores, which is our our solution around product, which I'll get into here. I saw that taken off. And I said, look, where am I going to invest my dollars into like where, and I think every business has to make the decision, right? You're going to, you're going to invest into the things that are working. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you got to cut things that aren't working. So, uh, side of digital, 
wasn't going to be profitable for us in the, in the near term at all. And that's all brand stores is what I wanted to put our time and money into. So, you know, our brand stores platform, it's really, uh, it's a company store platform that we've, you know, kind of semi-customized. And so there's a lot of, uh, you know, larger companies, they typically have their online store for employees to buy swag from, for their HR teams, their marketing teams and manage mm-hmm. products from. And there's a lot of off the shelf type things that people get into, you know, that people can, can use for that from different promo companies. But we kind of, we weren't a fan of those solutions. We didn't feel like they were really well served for many customers. And so we kind of built our own custom brand source platform where we use, utilize WordPress along with a, a, some software that's industry specific to promo to develop a shop platform. And, and we basically designed these for, you know, like I said, HR teams, marketing teams to be able to manage their, their swag for their teams, to get new hire gifts, mm-hmm. client gifts, like sales teams to get client gifts and for employees to have a store where they can get their swag. And so that, that platform has been taken off for us. You know, we have folks doing like employee appreciation programs through those stores. We have sales teams getting gifts for their prospects. We have uh, especially high growth startups mm-hmm. that we sign on in the past year and a half that are hiring folks all the time and giving them new hire swag using our store, giving them like 200 bucks to buy stuff, you know, yeah. on the employee store. So what we're seeing with, with our brand stores is that folks like the technology, they appreciate the customization for their brand, mm-hmm. the product selection, the software is really user-friendly. And we're able to get these clients that are more sticky because in the promo, you know, what you want to do is, you know, we have to be competitive on price, but you don't want to be that kind of company where folks are just shopping year around all the time because there's people in this industry that are going to cut price five cents mm-hmm. to like get a, get a job. So for us, it's all about solutions, about offering something that we feel is different than everybody else that really provides a great service and hopefully that creates a more sticky client for us. Hey everybody, Mike here. We're going to take a quick break to talk about one of our sponsors, One Columbus, and we are very excited to partner with One Columbus. They really, really share the same vision as us here at the Conquering Columbus podcast, which is really building up the Columbus region to be one of the most prosperous regions in the United States. And One Columbus serves as the business location resource for companies across central Ohio and around the world as those companies grow, innovate, and compete within the global economy. And they help us lead a regional growth strategy that develops and attracts the world's most competitive companies, it grows a highly adaptive workforce and prepares our communities for the future, inspiring innovation across the board. Their mission really is just ensuring the Columbus region is a vibrant place to build businesses and careers. So again, we really appreciate all of their support. You want to learn more about them, go check out their website, columbusregion.com. That's columbusregion.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll be right back into the episode. Talk through the product offering, maybe in a little bit more detail. So you, you, you'll launch the stores for them and then maybe take through the whole uh, value chain of, of what you offer there. Yeah. So um, let's say we get a, a, a new client. Let's say it's a, a high growth startup. They've got a hundred employees. We'll talk to them first in like that discovery phrase. And we'll say, what do you think you might need on, on a solution? Like what are the types of products you're purchasing? Is it logo apparel? Is it promotional products? Is it print? All those different products. Go through that phase. We'll work with them to finalize a product selection and then we'll determine the types of shops they need within their store. And so that could be employee shop where the folks can buy, employees can buy swag. It can be their, um, you know, HR team, you know, getting products for new hires. And it could be their marketing team getting products for different trade shows and events. So that selection goes on the store. We build out the store. Then the, the customer goes and they that store has got their branding on it. Everything's mocked up with their logos on it. It's their preferred brand. So you can imagine many companies want to keep their brand identity consistent, especially as they grow. So they have their core shop of products. 
whenever they, anybody needs anything, they go in that store, they click through, they make their purchase. Our account team gets it. We process the order. We decorate it, we fulfill it. And that's the experience. Mm-hmm. We have some gift card programs that we work with folks on. There's it's a lot, lot to it, actually. Um, you know, we have some clients where we will ship out stuff to individual homes, especially now with the remote workforce. You know, a lot of folks are, like, ordering stuff for their teams, and then they're having us ship it out. So, you know, it goes the whole gambit. Right. So now we're getting into logistics, all of that stuff, yep. which can get complicated, right? I mean, we were talking, you know, about working during the pandemic, and you haven't, you know, you haven't worked from home once, right? Because you guys are constantly having to ship stuff out, receive orders, all that mm-hmm. type of thing. It sounds like a lot of fun, but it sounds like yeah. also a lot of work. Yep. What does the future look like for the product and service offering right there in particular? Like, are you guys, do you want to scale to something where you can start offering this more in a less hands-on way? And Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's, that's kind of what I'm toying with right now, actually, is, um, you know, we've been able to land a lot, some new clients over the past six months. But we're trying to get the staffing in place. And so that's where I'm focused on now. Talking about the future for outreach promotional solutions, it sounds like scaling up the team, scaling up the brand store's product. Anything else on your mind, current initiatives, things you want to continue to scale? I mentioned, you know, fulfillment has been a big area for us because we're seeing a lot of folks with remote workforces. We're seeing folks wanting to have everything done for them, Mm -hmm. you know, versus having to like deal with getting stuff out to people. So custom packaging, Fulfillment services, you know, that's been a growth area for us as well. And so it's kind of like the end of that. It's, you know, product, product concepts, decoration, customization, online store experience, fulfillment, that whole thing. If we can, if we can do each of those areas really well, now we have a really good offering to offer companies and typically those companies that have over hundred employees, those are really good for us. Mm-hmm. Is there anything particular about the number 100 that makes it better or is it just uh, the scale? I mean, it can be 50. I mean, you know, we just signed a new customer in Carolina that's got like 70 employees. Mm-hmm. So 100 is an easy number to say, right? you know, but uh, it can be 50. I mean, typically, you know, I say a number of employees is like a key metric because that means they're doing employee programs. They're big enough where they're likely giving their employees like some kind of reward like mm-hmm. annually through their shop. Maybe they're doing a holiday program with one of our pop-up shops. We can do like a holiday pop-up shop where employees can select a gift on, on the shop. So there's all different things. So typically that's, you know, how we use it. A hundred is just a, an easy number to say. Obviously great to have like a company with a thousand employees. Right. You know, it's even better. Yeah. Hey, you know, not going to be mad about it. Exactly. Um, but so I kind of want to pivot here and talk a little bit about, because we kind of skipped over Small Biz Cares. We've kind of made it to today with Outreach Promotional Solutions, but Small Biz Cares, you started in 2018. Yep. So can you tell us a little more about Small Biz Cares, why you started it, what made you want to get into the nonprofit space? Yeah, so Small Biz Cares, uh, we mentioned it's all about bringing small businesses together to make a difference, to make an impact. And so back in 2017, run my own business. And one of the things that we've always been doing, even from the day, day one with Outreach, has been trying to figure out how we can you know, make an impact, work with nonprofits, donate to charities, do different things. It's always been kind of my mindset. And so, you know, I, you know, combine that with, uh, I'm on the board of several chambers of commerce and I've seen how organizations are set up. You know, there's a lot of great organizations for small business to network, to, you know, to grow their business, to save money, whatever, right? What I didn't see was a lot around philanthropy for small business. And so I saw, you know, organizations like the United Way, you know, in Central Ohio, United Way, BESA, Columbus Foundation, Columbus Partnership, really all exist to do good, to, you know, you know, really get philanthropy front and center, but mostly for large companies and high net worth donors, but not the small business, not like the 10 person, 25, 50 employee small business. And so kind of popped in my head in 2017, like, you know, there's got to be something here, you know, where we can create an organization, kind of acts like the United Way, like BESA, maybe like a chamber, but with a little bit of a different, you know, spin to it. 
And so that's kind of how that idea of small biz cures kind of came to me one day. You know, and I kind of came back to it every so often over like six months or so, you know, thinking about the idea. And finally, I said, you know, I got to do something about it because it's burning a hole in my head. You know, when some idea kind of keeps on coming up, you're like, I've got to do this. And so I brought it to my team, shared it with a bunch of folks, including Josh, you know, and we talked about, you know, how do we, can we do this thing? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, my team said, yeah, let's, let's create this brand, you know, build the organization out. I, I think I talked to over a hundred business owners before I launched it, talked to my family, you know, all that. And, uh, you know, in 2018, that's, that's when we started building Small Biz Cares. And so, you know, really it was all about the idea of making philanthropy for small business easier and making it more collaborative because I felt like, you know, I ran, I run my own business, right? So I see it every day in my own business. Mm-hmm. We want to do more good, but we don't have time for it. You know, we won't, don't have the time we want to, to volunteer consistently, to give back. And many of my peers don't know how to make it happen consistently either. And so, you know, wouldn't it be great if more businesses would get involved in philanthropy and see it as a value mm-hmm. to them as well as a community? And so that's how we started. Hey, everybody, we're going to take a quick break here to talk about one of our sponsors, Revolution Group. And Revolution Group is, uh, you know, a big friend of the show. They have sponsored us. They've been on the episode in the past. If you haven't seen that, go check it out. We talk with Rick and Polly from their team. But today I want to talk a little bit about their Salesforce services. And they help companies implement and customize Salesforce, the world's number one CRM solution. And if you're a Salesforce user, then, you know, that thing can be a little cumbersome to set up properly to optimize your business. So, Revolution Group can help you transform your sales operations and your customer experience with the power of Salesforce and really get the most out of that instance by integrating with all of your systems, allowing you to have a single view of all your data in one place. So if you're struggling with that Salesforce setup or you just want to be a little more efficient, we recommend you go talk to them. And if you want to learn more about them, go to revolutiongroup.com. That is revolutiongroup.com and tell them Conquering Columbus sent you. What does that look like today? You know, you had this idea, but you don't know, hey, are people actually going to join in on this, right? Maybe there's a reason yeah. there aren't any uh, any of these groups focused on philanthropy. But what's the, what's the experience been like and, and how has that changed over time? Yeah, you know, the first year, 2019, the challenging part is running a nonprofit and building it while you run a business. That's the first challenge. It's a, it's a lot of work and building everything out. But uh, the great thing is we saw, you know, we have four main programs, volunteering, fundraising, we have a scholarship fund where contributions to from our members go to support scholarships. And we have something we call member experiences and storytelling, which is all about sharing positive impact stories through digital content and in-person experiences of nonprofits, of businesses doing good, and other special events, you know, fun events. So those are our four programs. And what we saw was, you know, our probably our most traction came on the volunteering side. And um, we run these events called Community Service Days where we bring together small businesses to volunteer on like, let's say a Wednesday afternoon from three to five or two to five. And then we have a happy hour from five to seven at a venue. And typically those Wednesday afternoon events, you're going to volunteer with maybe 10 other people at a nonprofit. So we all volunteer. We amongst maybe six or seven nonprofits on the same afternoon. Then we volunteer a few hours and we get together at a happy hour venue to network and unwind. We saw every event we did grow in numbers. And so our first one, we did have like 30 the last one we did before the pandemic had 65. And so, you know, we're getting 65 folks to come out and volunteer on a Wednesday afternoon mm-hmm. during the, you know, work week. And these are business owners, professionals, folks mm-hmm. that, you know, their time, you know, all of our times are valuable, right? But what we saw was that folks like the fact that they can volunteer and meet new people at the same time, right? So you're going to meet 10 other people and maybe never met them before. You've just made 10 new connections that could lead to friendships, to business, to whatever, but you're also doing good, Right. 
So we saw growth in membership. Um, we have about 100 a little over 100 members right now. We've seen our board evolve over time. We've seen new partnerships with the Better Business Bureau. has been a huge partner for us, Right Pack Credit Union and Sparity. And so some of those things have been really good. Um, obviously, the pandemic hit and that had to change us because we went to virtual 100%. You know, definitely had some positive moments with fundraising. We did some really awesome fundraisers online, raised money to support racial equity, raised money to support you know, provide PPE to nonprofits, um, did some really, you know, innovative programs. But, um, you know, I think what we saw was there's definitely a, a value in small business cares. You know, the question for us now is, you know, how do we make it sustainable? You know, how do we get that full to full-time staffing in? And that's kind of where we're at right now. Mm-hmm. There's definitely um, some interest in small business cares and some, some value that people are seeing, but how do we reach more businesses? How do you build more partnerships? How do we get more funding? Like any nonprofit, you've got to have money to be able to, to continue to grow. And so it's not enough for myself, you know, for me to be a part-time exec director. We have to have that full-time effort. That makes a lot of sense, Naveen. And uh, I think that's a great place to kind of pivot towards some of our last questions of the show. But first one, hey, do you, do you have any advice for our listeners out there? Some of them might be thinking about being entrepreneurs. Some of them are just young professionals trying to learn more about people in Columbus. But uh, what would you tell them? So I would say... Um, Two pieces of advice, I guess, two things that I've learned over time. Uh, the first I mentioned a little bit earlier was learn how to sell. And so, you know, I came in, I didn't know how to sell. Maybe it's something that I learned over time or maybe it was something natural in me, but I didn't know how to sell initially. And so being comfortable selling, even if you don't consider yourself a salesperson, because if you're going to run your own business, mm-hmm. you've got to be able to sell yourself, number one, to other people to build trust. You're going to have to learn how to sell, even if you hire sales folks, because you got to be able to manage performance and train them. And help them out. But I think that's probably a huge skill set that a lot of us don't think about when you start a business. The second is how to be resourceful. I always use that as like my, one of my biggest criteria when I hire folks or when I just talk to folks is like, how do you, you know, how to figure stuff out? You don't need to know everything because if, you know, you're an entrepreneur, you're running your own business or you want to start something, you're not going to know everything. But do you know how to figure stuff out? Do you know where to go, who to go to? And so a huge skill set, I think, is how to be resourceful. Makes a lot of sense to me. And uh, our last question of the show, Naveen, is centered around the theme here on Conquering Columbus, and that is live uncomfortably. And as somebody who's managing both a business and a nonprofit, I'm sure you probably know a little bit about that. But uh, without telling you too much about why we chose that particular phrase, what do you think of when you hear it? How does it apply to your life and career? Yeah, I think um, you're right. I definitely live uncomfortably, especially because I probably take on more than I should. I look at it as kind of progress over perfection. So, you know, I talk to folks about that a lot is like, you know, you don't have to be perfect in everything. You just got to keep on moving forward. And so, you know, it's may not be comfortable. You know, you're trying to start a new business. You're trying to do something creative, do something new. You're not going to have all the pieces put together, but you got to be comfortable with, you know, continuing to move forward, testing things out. And, you know, we look at small biz cares. I mean, we didn't have it all figured out when we launched a nonprofit, but, you know, I said, you know what, I've got to move forward. I've got to create this brand stores digital marketing, all the things that I've done with with our with both small business cares and outreach, I've done these things without perfect information, mm-hmm. without, you know, really, you know, paralysis by analysis. You know, I've kind of done all that. So I definitely believe in moving forward without having all the answers, but really feeling feeling like you've got enough to be able to, to move forward. Yeah, kind of that don't let uh, perfect be the enemy of good. Exactly. Awesome. Well, Naveen, it's been great talking to you. We really appreciate you taking the time to tell your story, talk about outreach, promotional solutions, and small business cares here on the show. 
All right, thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, and Conquerors, thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed that interview, you want to hear more just like it with all kinds of people from around Columbus, then go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast app you're listening on. You'll get episodes just like this every week. We appreciate all your support. We'll talk to you next week.